your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. I'm Josh Hyman. We've got a fun episode for you today. The Blues are still undefeated playing some great hockey right now just beat a fantastic vegas golden knights team three to one so we're going to talk about that for the entirety of today's episode but before we talk about that i want to thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day now if you're listening to us on youtube it's probably at night but a lot of you guys will be listening to us on apple Podcasts, on spotify on all your favorite uh podcasting platforms so we just want to thank you for uh Starting your day off with Locked On Blues, a cup of coffee, your morning commute, or maybe your drive home from work, whatever it might be. Uh, We just want to thank you guys a lot because we are number 79 hockey podcast in America, Josh. That's crazy. Uh, It just absolutely blows my mind. But uh, to get down into the nitty gritty, the St. Louis Blues defeated the Vegas Golden Knights last night, 3-1. to Just outstanding hockey from every facet of the St. Louis Blues, but really uh, one of the guys that stood out to me was Brandon Saad, played a heck of a game. Um, and unfortunately, the news came out today that he is in COVID protocol. So it sounds like he will be missing uh, the Blues' upcoming game, the home opener, which is just so unfortunate because that would have been electric for him to witness against the Los Angeles Kings. Josh, when he does kind of remove himself from that lineup, there is going to be a vacancy, obviously. The Blues will be down, Buchnevich and Saad. Throughout the course of this season, we've played the Colorado Avalanche, who didn't have Nathan McKinnon and didn't have Landeskog, and we beat them. And then we also played the Vegas Golden Knights, who didn't have Pacioretty and didn't have Mark Stone, and we beat them. Are we about to witness the same fate that those teams saw with missing some of their key players, or do we have the depth to kind of step up uh, in Brandon Saad's absence? I mean, I think it goes back to what we've been talking about for a lot of this offseason, and especially in the weeks leading up to and the few games that we've played so far is the depth of this team um, and um, involving the guys that are scratched uh, as well. We knew that injuries were going to happen, especially with COVID still being a thing. You're going to have to account for games being lost here and there for one reason or another. And we're seeing it early on with Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich. These things are going to happen. Fortunately, uh, knock on wood, the injury bug has not gotten to the blues yet. So it's not a long-term issue. But it's almost a blessing in disguise that we're going to see some of these guys that might have spent a majority of the time in the bottom six now getting higher roles. Uh, Jake Neighbors could get a promotion. Clem Costin could get a promotion. Uh, James Neal on the opposite side, not, not, a, not a rookie uh, by any stretch, but he could get a promotion as well and establish himself. Um, so as, as unfortunate as it is that Blues fans aren't going to be able to see Pavel Buchnevich and Brandon Saad in the home opener, they're also going to be able to... to look at some of the talent that the Blues might not be showcasing every single night that is going to take this team far into the playoffs when the inevitable injuries hit, when, you know, more COVID protocol hits and all that. They're going to need guys to step up, and those players are going to be the ones that are filling Buchnevich and Saad's role on Saturday. So I don't think, I mean, I, I can't say whether or not the Blues are going to win or lose, but I don't think it's going to hamper them as much as it maybe hampered the Avalanche um, and the Golden Knights because I think that we're not as top-heavy as those teams. Um so I think, I mean, LA is a really hot team. Anze Kopitar is the hottest player in the league right now. 
So it's going to take a lot, but I think with the forward core that they have, I don't think Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich are too crucial for the game plan against the Kings. Obviously, they're huge for this offense in general, but I think that we can shut Kopitar down and and get some pucks on net, you know, all the cliches, but I, I don't think it's going to be too big of an issue. And like I said, it's a blessing in disguise getting to look at some of the other talent that might have been in the press box, if, if not for these the suspension and COVID protocols. If anyone can be a positive matchup for the St. Louis Blues against Kopitar. It's going to be Ryan O'Reilly, right? I mean, across the league, if you're like, if one guy that's going to shut down any opposing force or scoring threat, it's probably going to be one of the best defensive centers in the league. But another guy that did a really good job of shutting down last night against the Vegas Golden Knights uh, was Jordan Binnington. I don't know how many saves he ended up with. I think it was like 41, 42. 41. 42. Just absolutely ridiculous. And where you're going toe-to-toe against a guy like Robin Leonard, who has been a Vesna finalist and uh, just playing at the top of his craft for these last couple of years. Obviously, Jordan Bennington's kind of been up and down since the cup run. Uh, he's probably read all the articles saying he's an average goaltender who got lucky and was a flash in the pan, and now he's mellowed out. For him to have this performance, and not just him have this performance, because I think it was huge for him and huge for his confidence, uh, but he had some five-star saves thrown in there as well. And oh, yeah. anytime I think... And you, could, you could tell he was feeling a he little... He plays with that swagger, special, right? Yeah. And he makes one of those saves, and he's like, yeah, I no can make those saves, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but I think for the team as well and the defense, uh, I feel like there's been so many times that we've seen games like that. Really, the Dallas game in the playoffs when we won the Cup, too, almost felt like that. It was one of those games where it was like, man, they can just not score. Like, goalie's just playing absolutely out of his mind, and that's going to be the difference in the game. Um, but they didn't make it the difference in the game. They kept pressing, kept pushing, uh, and made it a three to one victory. Finally opened up the floodgates against Robin Leonard and Tarasenko, of all people, uh, potting the winning goal. That just I don't know. There's so many things to take away from that game. Obviously, Jordan Kyrou still playing at the top of his game, uh, is above a point per game right now. But I think that was the first time in a long time. You can play the name game, right? And say, like, oh, Tarasenko, he's an absolute force. 40 goal scorer in the past, like all-star, all of these things. But there's a difference between someone being the best player on the ice because of their name stature and their notoriety and someone actually going out and playing as the best player on the ice. And I think for a long time, we referred to Tarasenko as the best player on the ice because of his name. But I think last night he was the best player on the ice, not because of his name, but because the guy was just doing everything on all facets. And I think uh, if he continues to do that, it's, it's going to be easy for the Blues to trade him and really difficult for the Blues to emotionally trade him, if that makes sense. I completely agree. I think, first of all, to go back to your Jordan Bennington point really quick, I think a good goaltender is the heart of a good hockey team in the sense that if a goaltender is playing well, but not just if they're playing well, if they're playing with confidence, if they're rallying the team, the the, the rest of the, the defense, the forwards, will emo- emotionally rally themselves around the goalie. If the goalie is down on themselves and out, it's a lot tougher to – to get involved and, and play for him and battle for your goaltender. Um, and with Jordan Bennington playing with confidence, playing with swagger, it's easy to tell that it rubs off on the rest of the team, um, especially a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko was very, very quick to redirect the praise that was going towards him onto Jordan Bennington. 
Uh, and I think that there's no coincidence there. I think Tarasenko is a guy that um, plays with a lot of passion and as a result can get a little bit in his own head at times. And I think we've seen that when he, when he grips the stick a little bit tighter, goes cold for a few games. But I think last night was the first time in years that we've seen, I've, I've seen Tarasenko play loose and, and free and, recklessly but in a good way you know not thinking too much just playing with instincts it's been so long since i've seen him kind of just not think on the ice and and, and just make the play that he, i know that he or that we all know that he can make it feels like he's been hesitating ever since that first shoulder injury a few years ago um and i think last night was the first real time that we kind of saw vintage tarasenko if it's if we can even call it that at this point i couldn't agree more and i'm so excited to see uh what tarasenko has in store for us this season and I know you guys are too uh he might even win comeback player of the year so if you want to throw some money down on that because his odds are probably uh pretty good uh you gotta check out our friends over at bet online because they're back and better than ever a new web interface interface for the start of basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football and NHL action this season Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. That's at BetOnline.com. Where the game starts because bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So check them out. I promise you won't regret it. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation about Tarasenko. Will he stay? Will he go? Should he stay or should he go? Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Josh. So the age-old question, the one we've been talking about all off-season long, I feel like we're going to talk about it this entire season long, maybe all the way up to the trade deadline, maybe even past. Does Vladimir Tarasenko, and it's different now because we've seen flashes, right? Like you were talking about, vintage Tarasenko. That breakaway that he had, uh, I don't know if you saw, Josh, but it looked like he got held up a little bit. But dude, just looked like he got shot out of a cannon and I have not seen that man skate that fast since like 2016 when he put up a 40 bomb on the season so as much as I would like to say that oh we were right all along this offseason like he shouldn't be back I don't even know if I would like to say that but that's what we were talking about a lot of people were talking about he's going to come in the locker room he's going to be a distraction uh he's not going to take it seriously it's going to be hard to raise his stock because he's got a bum shoulder like he's washed up all these things what does he do comes out and plays out of his mind. And like I said, best player on the ice last night against the Vegas Golden Knights by a long shot. So the question still remains, does he stay or does he go? The the issue is with that is I know that the, the trade request was made following last season. So it's been eight months since right he's officially there. made yeah. this request. And since since he has made the request to now, we have gotten one, two articles and four tweets to give us the outsiders context as to what's going on. When in reality, there have probably been dozens of phone calls, meetings, emails, interviews, whatever with Tarasenko, his agents, 
Doug Armstrong. So who knows where they're at right now? This situation could still be fluid. It could be, I still would like a trade, but I understand that I need to prove myself, you know, coming from Tarasenko's perspective. Um, or it could be, I'm willing to give this year a shot and see if I can fit in here, see if, you know, I can play healthy. We don't know. I, I personally am on the side that I think he is going to get moved at some point. Um, just because of the way that the the limited scope that we did get into it, it didn't look good. But then again, that could just be the media trying to stir things up. Uh, but we don't know. It, that's the fortunate leverage that the Blues have um, is they are in no rush to trade him. And I think if he plays the way he's playing right now, and the team continues to play, you know, undefeated hockey. Obviously, I'm not going to say undefeated, but if they continue to win games like this there is no reason for the blues to trade him there's no reason for them to say all right you can leave at the end of the season but we're not dumping you off and and losing you for a potential cup run i think if this team stays hot and he stays hot and things have settled down from the initial i want out of here take that tarasenko had i think he sticks around to this team till, till at least the end of the season and here's another thing that i'm thinking about and should probably take into consideration right is like at the end of the day Doug Armstrong's in a position to where you would like to be able to do something for a guy that's been the face of your franchise for so long. If he wants to get traded, I wouldn't say you owe him that right, but a little bit, right? Like out of a out of a respect kind of thing. Like if he wants to go, by all means, uh, you've done enough for this franchise. You can do what you want. But on the other hand, if you're Tarasenko, right, and I'm looking at this team the last two years getting knocked out in the first round. I'm probably already thinking like, hey, after the Stanley Cup, we're on a decline and my shoulder is kind of out and like I'm getting a little bit older. I want to go to a team that's going to be a contender Uh, that could have also played into like his decision to request a trade. Right. This team, as it is right now, obviously (laughs) three games deep, but looking at it on paper and looking at the roster that we have and the depth that we have, uh, that was the biggest thing for 2013. for 2019 was depth and this team arguably at forward is deeper than that team was so if you're Vladimir Tarasenko and watching this team tear it up right now and on paper as deep as they are and Jordan Bennington doing what he's doing and Marco Scandella playing fantastic hockey uh, and the defense stepping up in their role if you think this team has a chance to win the Stanley Cup or even be a contender I don't see a scenario where you would be like yeah, actually, trade me to Ottawa because they're looking for a scoring threat, you know? If he wants to win a cup, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just wants to play first-line minutes, first-line power play minutes, whatever it may be. Maybe he doesn't want to win. But if he wants to win, even remotely, then where is he going to get traded to? Tampa? Blues aren't trading him there. The Blues are not going to trade him to a team that has a better chance of contending for the Stanley Cup than they do if they continue to play well this season. So if Tarasenko truly wants to play for a winner but have that not be in St. Louis, that's not happening this season. There's zero chance that the Blues trade him to a contender if they continue to contend. That would be illogical. They have zero reason to do that. I would rather let him walk in free agency than to get even a good return for him at the deadline and lose out on a potential cup run this season. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Abby Sherman in the YouTube chat asked, did you see anything reporting that Vladdy was also upset with not being considered for captain. I did see that report. I believe it was agent. His agent was talking about that um, a while ago. I don't know if that was the reason that he requested a trade. Um, 
I, I would wager to assume that it was the whole medical thing and kind of like we've talked about the state of the team as it was. Uh, he probably wants to go to a contender, but it that very well could have played into it. But uh, from the mic'd up that we saw last night with Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko going back and forth and uh, uh, having some fun with each other, I don't think there's any bad blood there. I don't think he holds that against uh, Ryan O'Reilly or Doug Armstrong for that matter. I think uh, it was just a matter of this is the direction that the franchise went. Maybe Vladdy didn't agree with it. Maybe it rubbed him the wrong way a little bit at the beginning, but right now it's all business. It's all going out there, playing some hockey and playing some great hockey. At yeah. That. I mean, we don't, we don't have a, a Ben Simmons situation on our hands. Fortunately, um, Tommy, I don't know if you saw the video. He showed up to his first practice of the season wearing sweatpants with his phone still in his pocket, participating in drills. Like we don't, we don't, there, it's not like, I thought, he, goes, I thought he didn't participate. Was well, that he one? did, and he then said, like no. he got kicked out and of practice. And they sent him home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's not like Vladimir Tarasenko is showing up to work every day, not addressing his teammates, not addressing the coaching staff. You know, making it very clear that he wants out. At some point in the off season, a re- trade request happens. Something that happens many times that doesn't go public, as we have found out. And everybody else went about their business, but. Twitter and the media and ourselves included, not to act like we're not guilty of talking about it the entire offseason, probably made it into a lot bigger of a deal than it actually is. Because like I said, I bet these trade requests happen a lot more than we think, and they just don't go public. Now that could be a whole other story, but the fact of the matter is Tarasenko is on this team. He is contractually obligated to play for this team, and until Doug Armstrong finds reason to trade him, he's not going to get traded, especially with this team having success. Absolutely. Richard Clay said the only reason to trade him would be to acquire a top shutdown uh, left D. I absolutely agree. I think as this team stands right now, um, I think I saw a tweet online that said the Blues are an absolute wagon uh, if they get a defenseman there like shoe-ins for a Stanley Cup contender. I couldn't agree more with that. JTAP in the chat uh, asked, do you think Vlad works his way to the first line permanently? Now that's a that's a that's a dicey one for me because you're taking a guy like obviously the dude has all the skill talent in the world to be a first liner right I mean we've seen it here for I don't know how many years um, but he also did request a trade in the off season so you gotta kind of set a precedent for the team and be like hey like I want the guys that are fully invested on this team and I don't think that Vladdy's not fully invested right now but in the off season uh, it was a little bit up in the air um, so. I will say, I don't know is the answer I'm going to go with. But I will say this. If Vladdy continues to play like he did against Vegas, he's going to force their hand, and they're going to have to put him on. Yeah, and and another thing to to remember is there isn't really – I mean, there is a first line with the Blues, but they don't roll like that. They're not a top-heavy team like that. So I think, to answer your question, J-Tab, I think he will, if at this pace, work his way up to first-line minutes – um, he might be on the second or third line, but maybe that means he's on the first power play or whatever. I think he's going to, if he plays like this, he'll work up to a point where he's getting 16, 17, 18, 20 minutes a night. Um, but I think it's tough to break up any line with O'Reilly and Perron and insert third player there. So it, it, it's the way that the team is structured. I don't know if there's going to be a time where we consistently see Vladimir Tarasenko's name up on that top line whenever Luke Korak tweets it out. But I think we could 
potentially be seeing a lot more of Vladimir Tarasenko when they do play, regardless of what line he's on. Vladdy, as much as any player, wants to be a part of something special. So if you want to look at some special parts, you got to check out our friends over at rockauto.com because this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. You don't have to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. And the best thing of all about Rock Auto is they're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers like me and you, Josh, for over 20 years. They have everything you could ever need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about the young guns but especially jake neighbors and whether or not uh he's going to stick around after his nine game trial with the st louis blues so don't go anywhere all right josh so way back when st louis blues drafted a young jake neighbors came on the pod, talked a lot with him about hockey, about his mindset, about uh, the way that he goes into offseason, his work ethic, all of those things, fighting guys 6'6", way out of his weight class. We've seen a small sample size of what he can bring at an NHL level. Obviously, already has his first career point under his belt. Still waiting on the first goal, but I think it's going to come soon. In your opinion... In your expert, in your expert opinion, because <laughs> I, I, I am an expert. Do, yeah, do you think that Jake Neighbors will stick around after his nine-game trial and after Oscar Sundquist comes back? I really, really hope so. I don't think Jake Neighbors at this rate, if he does get sent down, will lose his spot. I don't think it's going to be because if he does get sent down, it's not going to be because there are twelve forwards better than Jake Neighbors. If he gets sent down, it's because of cap space or waivers or whatever, because the Blues decide that financially it makes more sense to have his three years start next year. He has looked so good in his first three games in his limited ice time, and they have promoted him so much, put him up on that second line, talked nonstop about him. Craig Ruby and the St. Louis Blues are in very high favor of Jake Neighbors. I don't think he's going to get sent down after nine games, but with the way that Doug Armstrong runs the team and sort of looks at things from a diplomatic sense and is very honest, I could see it happening, Um, especially if he kind of slows down a little bit over these next few games, doesn't get a lot of points, which would be expected. He's a rookie. If if he's not as flashy and exciting, I could see it. Um, I think he's earned a spot. But like I said, with that whole nine game thing and cap space and Sunquist coming back, it might just not make sense if, you know, on a lot of other teams, he would without a doubt earn a spot. Um, a lot of other years, he would have earned a spot with the St. Louis Blues forward. But the depth is so strong this year that it might just work out where he is the odd man out financially and with the waivers and the ELC. 
Um, but yeah, as JTAP says, it's a very good problem to have. Um, and if at the end of the day, Jake Neighbors gets sent down, it won't be because it's a poor decision on the St. Louis Blues. It's because they would rather him have first line minutes in the AHL um, than third or fourth line minutes with the big club. But I, I don't think he's going to get sent down. Things could change, but I hope and think that he stays. I'm going to try to talk this out as much as possible. So in in the games that I've watched Jake Neighbors, usually from these young guys, you either have kind of like a, not really a confidence problem, a little bit of a confidence problem. Uh, and the only thing I think I've really have a knock against Jake Neighbors isn't even really a knock. Uh, it was an odd man rush. I believe it was against the Coyotes, although I could be wrong. It was one of those first two games. Might have been the ass. Uh, it was an odd man rush, and he was looking at Bozak, looking at Bozak. He had an open lane to shoot, and he passed to Bozak instead, kind of handcuffed him. Uh, and I think on the pod at the time, we talked about, I'm sure Bozak went straight to the bench and said, hey, next time, let that rip, rip young that, gun. Yeah. Because, yeah, like if you got the lane, like you just do the correct play. I think besides that, I can't remember off the top of my head seeing Jake Neighbors make any mistakes. And that's not to say that he went out there and was Jordan Cairo and breaking ankles and scoring highlight real goals. Like you don't have to do that really, right? Especially a guy like Jake Neighbors who can work his way from a skill set, he can play on the first line potentially uh, and be a scoring threat, or he can play on the fourth line and be a grinder and win puck battles, which we've seen him do. He'll go in against guys that are huge, big D men in the NHL. And I'm like, oh, like I respect him for getting in there and, and grinding it out. But like, he's a little guy. It's like, he's a rookie. He's probably not going to win this. And he comes out with the puck and I'm like, oh, okay, wait, wait a second now. You know, and it's, I think it's the little things like that that will stick in the mind of Craig Berube and obviously him getting an assist this early on is great too. Like another pin in your laurels. But I think the big thing for Craig Berube uh, and they talked about this on the broadcast too, is obviously all of these guys on the team have skill and have talent and are capable of scoring goals at any time, all up and down the roster, as we've seen. I mean, these guys are through what was like 45 shots on Robin Leonard against a very good uh, defensive core in the Vegas golden Knights. So uh, the the volume of shots these guys are putting up is not the problem. But I think what sticks with Craig Berube and kind of the identity and the culture that the Blues uh, have put together is doing all of the little things first. And you don't have to go out and try to beat the whole defensive unit by yourself, even though I'm sure Jordan Kyra would love to try that at times. And I'm sure they would probably promote that in, on a team like Toronto, right? But the Blues play a different style, and sometimes the better play uh, is dumping the puck in, letting Robert Thomas go get it behind the net, and then throwing a no-look pass back to you uh, right in front of the net. I feel like those are the plays that the Blues promote more so than the highlight reel, beat four guys by yourself and slot it in. And I think Jake Neighbors fits perfectly into that, and that's why I think he's going to stick around after the nine. A lot can change between now and then. It Again, it's tough because I think if – he does get sent down. It's going to be purely a business decision. I think he's earned a spot at this point. And like I, th- like I said, a lot of other teams that don't have nearly the forward depth the Blues have, he would have already, you know, penciled in for the rest of the season. Um, but it is a good problem to have. Uh, and Richard Clay points out that even when Sonny comes back, they're still going to need 2.7 mil in, or 2.75 mil in cap space, which neighbors wouldn't be enough. He's um, not going to move that needle. Yeah. So, Hey, that's a whole other conversation that we're going to have to have. Um, Coming up here on the Lockdown Blues podcast, start looking. Yeah, we at, could dive into that tomorrow. Yeah, start looking at salaries, seeing what moves might make sense. But uh, I don't know about you, Tommy, but we might be getting close to wrapping this one up. 
Yeah, that's all the time we have for today. So I want to thank Richard Clay, JTAP, uh, Abby, I believe, everyone for jumping in the chat. You can jump in the chat as well and ask us questions uh, if you catch us recording live on YouTube. But like I said, that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And smash that uh, bell on YouTube and subscribe to us on there. That way you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 or 15. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.